You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're listening to A Pirate's Life for Me on the Sports Objective. Join us every Friday at noon as we catch up with a member of Pirate Nation. Here's your host, Bubba Rosenbaum. What's going on, Pirate Nation? Welcome in to another edition of A Pirate's Life for Me. No game for the Pirates this week, but um, you know, the, the success that East Carolina is having on the football field right now, uh, it's the most it's been had since 2013 and 2014 when the program went to back-to-back bowls. Uh, and this guy was the quarterback. Welcome back into the show, uh, East Carolina future Hall of Famer, Shane Carden. Shane, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bubba. Absolutely. Um, you know, We'll certainly talk about a variety of things uh, throughout the next half hour or so, but uh, you know, just take us back to, I guess, what, 2009 and talk about your recruitment and the way you ended up at East Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as Ref always said, man, too coincidental to be coincidental. Um, you know, I was kind of already going somewhere else, smaller school in Texas. Um, a lot of crazy things happened between, you know, Ruff getting there and um, – one of his old players or guys that he had coached with um, was working in Houston and I've been training with him and, um, you know, just kind of all lucked out that, uh, you know, I had like two more weekends before uh, signing day and uh, called Lincoln Riley called me, offered me, told me to come on a uh, official visit. And I went and uh, man, it was iced all over campus. I think like half the stuff was closed but, uh, yeah, man, I just I felt right about it. And uh, I got back Sunday, called him, and said, let's do this thing. Um, and sure enough, out of nowhere, you know, I ended up at ECU. You talk about some of those FCS programs that were recruiting you. Um, I believe I've heard you say was Stephen F. Austin or maybe Sam Houston or both of those. Yeah, I was talking to the, both those. But Stephen F. Austin, um, who was, I was really talking to, who I committed to, um, and Shannon Dawson was the OC there. And he's bounced all around like, I think he's either at Houston or um, Southern Miss right now. But, you know, I, I felt good about that. Those guys were kind of running the same thing. We ended up running ECU when I was there, um, just that spread air raid type stuff. So, you know, that's something I wanted to do. And, um, you know, having B.J. Simmons, who played at Tech, who was training me, who was, you know, kind of talking about these coaches and knew rough and um, kind of already having that connection um, definitely helped a lot uh, and helped me make that decision to come out with uh, these coaches and come to ECU. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going next. And with Ruff having been at Texas Tech under Mike Leach and obviously Coach Riley, um, you know, a former quarterback himself who decided to hang up the cleats a little early to get a head start on coaching. So talk about that relationship that you uh, kindled with Coach Riley. Um, yeah, I mean, it took a while, man. He, you know, he came in, he was young. And getting into the coaching world, I, you know, I absolutely know where he was at, where, you know, he was a young guy, first job. He wanted to make sure he had uh, – you know, control what was going on. And, um, you know, it's not like I got in there first day and we gelled from the start, you know, I mean, um, it, it took a while for our relationship to, to grow to what it was five years down the road. Um, and like any player coach, right. Coach trying to figure you out. You know, I obviously, obviously grew a lot, um, you know, mentally and physically in those five years. Uh, but I'll never forget my first phone call with rough and cause he wasn't even there on my official visit. I mean, like the, like the airport had closed down after I got in. I mean, it was just, it was a hectic weekend, but when I called and told him, you know, I was coming, he's like, Hey man, I'll be, you know, I'll be your, 
you know, North Carolina dad, we'll be good to go. Uh, we'll have that text connection, man. We'll take care of you. Um, and that was definitely something I saw, like, you know, he would talk to the scout team guys. We'd walk into the field. He knew all our names. You know, he'd always make sure we're doing all right. Um, you know, if, if we were doing the right things and taking care of stuff on and off the field, you know, he'd always look out, look out for you, whether you're starting or not. Um, so for my two years on the scout team, man, he knew exactly who I was. And we talked plenty. Um, and obviously when, when we got things rolling my last three years, um, you know, we had a very tight connection. I spent a lot of time with him in his office just talking about life and, you know, whatever else we want was going on that day. Yeah, you mentioned those years on the scout team. Obviously, <laughs> Dominique Davis faring very well in uh, 2010 and 2011. And then, obviously, 2012, uh, initially, you, you lost a battle with Rio Johnson. But um, I really felt as though, um, based on what I had seen on, on film prior to that, you know, that it would just be a matter of time before you got that starting position. And I guess it was week two where you came in down at South Carolina. And then week three, you started down at Southern Miss. So um, just talk about your memories of that 2012 season early on and when you became the starter. Yeah, man, it was tough. Um, you know, I, I definitely felt like I had done enough, um, you know, but again, they all coaches make decisions for certain reasons. And me and Riley have talked plenty about it <laughs> since. Um, but, you know, man, I, I hung tough. And, you know, there's a coach at ECU who's back there now, Trip Weaver, who, you know, he kind of ran the scout team back then. And, man, he – he had to play a huge role and, you know, just helping me stay mentally into it and, uh, you know, keep me, keep me in there. Right. Cause you know, any kid right there, and especially now in now's college football world, I mean, it's so easy to transfer and do this or that, you know, and a lot of guys do that as soon as they're the backup. And, uh, you know, me and Tripp talked a lot um, over those week and a half that just kind of do to be ready to go. Kind of what he said, like, you know, you're going to get a chance here soon. Make sure you're ready for it. Um, and, uh, you know, I go in there and, South Carolina and throw a pick and get pulled. And, uh, you know, at that point I was like, man, I, I thought that was going to be it for me. I was like, I mean, I got one pass at ECU, threw a pick, got pulled. I'm like, there's no way they put me back in. I just remember looking up at the stadium in South Carolina like, well, there it was. Um, but lucky for me, not lucky for the guy who was in. He threw a pick six and, you know, Riley goes, hey, you're going back in. If you throw another pick, you'll never play. I was like, okay. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. So... <laughs> So I go in and we ended up putting up 10 points. Um, it was, we were shut out at that point. So got it rolling. And, you know, Southern Miss, I mean, our offense was just those few, first few weeks, really until about UTEP was playing terrible. Um, but we got that first win at UTEP, or sorry, at Southern Miss, my first start. And, man, there was no better feeling. But, you know, I knew our offense had a long way to go. We were, And then we went and played at North Carolina and got just crushed. Could barely do anything offensively. Um you know, and you know, I, we were, we were, we won that first game. We got crushed by UNC, and you know, I wasn't playing very well at that point. Um, you know, I remember sitting out uh, in like the hallway of UNC Stadium, and uh, you know, Riley came and talked to me. He's like, "Hey, man, like, hang in there. You know, we're gonna get this thing rolling. You know, you're our guy. Don't worry about this or that. Don't worry about what you're gonna hear. You know, let's let's get better, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be our starter this year." And uh, I want to say that next game probably was UTEP when we really started to get a roll and started scoring points. And then like Memphis came to town and they were having an off season, but they had a great D line. We really put up points against them. And then after that, we got it rolling. Um, but, you know, to go from being told in Riley's office, you know, I'm not the starter to, you know, Hey, if you throw a pick, you're not going to be in again to, you know, him just being, Hey, hey man, hang in there. 
um, you're our starter and then to just get rolling, um, you know, it was, it was a, a lot of change in that first month or so, um, but definitely for the better, man. And that's what a lot of times today, like, you know, first sign of this or that people are fired or people transfer this, we battled through it and it made us better for it. And it made us better in the next few years because we had to go through that, that starting point. Yeah. That UTEC game you referenced, I remember I mean, there was a lightning delay Oh yeah, and I remember having to go inside Minji's, and then you came back, and you know, the Pirate Nation was, of course, uh, fired up. That was the the coming out party for Tay Cooper. That's and, right. Because I remember that story. Tay Cooper was like, "And said, man, why are they booing me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to tell him it was just it was Coop. It wasn't booing. We were they were yelling Coop. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, and that year, I mean, those next two years, we really had a three headed monster. You know, I mean, the fact that Cooper graduated after a junior year, people kind of forget that, like, you know, between me, Coop, and um, Hardy, like that, that thing really got it rolling. And our best games was the games that, you know, Cooper just started going off. When we beat Carolina, I think Cooper ran for 200-something yards. Oh, yeah. And, and the senior when we beat him, Breon ran for 200-something yards. Um, and so our our best offensive games, when we, when we ran the ball like that, yeah. you know, obviously that opens up everything else. But, yeah, Cooper, those first two years, man, were – was huge, huge for the offense, huge for me to have a running back like that. Um, I remember him, me and him, someone pulled my leg after a quarterback sneak, and me and him about scrapped it up with uh, some dude on the field. You know, I was just that was the brotherhood we had at that point. So as that 2012 season went along, I mean, you talked about the way the offense got better and better, and I'm saying in the regular season finale against Marshall uh, when we improved to eight and four. And what are your memories of that game? What was something crazy like 65-59? Yeah, it was crazy. I saw a stat later. There was like, because then UNC the next year, I ran for three and threw for three, and I did that against Marshall. Thanks to the little overtime there, give me two more. But um, no, I remember seeing a stat. There was like two guys who had done that in the whatever time. It was me for two games and Johnny Manziel for one, which was an insane <laughs> stat to look at. Um, but no, I, I just remember like. We had been rolling pretty good, and then, you know, Marshall trying to get bowl eligible, and we kind of knew that whole, you know, we had a couple of games before my sophomore year. When we went up there, we barely lost. I think it was overtime um, with Dominique Davis. That kept us out of bowl, um, bowling the year before. Um, so, yeah, obviously a huge game. Uh, we were down for a bit, came back, and then uh, the touchdown throw to send us into double overtime. We had running the same kind of stick concept with uh, Bodie on the outside running vertical and they kind of were running their hard cover too. And that corner kind of kept getting closer and closer to that stick. So we call it play. It was the first play overtime. And, uh, you know, Bodie's like, Hey man, watch that corner. They've been jumping it. And Riley's like, Hey, just go through your reads. And, you know, I throw probably one of my, like looking back, probably one of the better throws I had there, just putting on that front pylon back shoulder to Bodie, fitting in between a cover two. And um, <laughs> I just remember pointing to Riley, like, you know, I freaking told you, man. Um, and then obviously defense coming out with that turnover. And then we were just kind of running the ball and damn Coop got down to the one instead of kicking the field goal. We're just like, we, you know, QB sneaks. We were, we got really good at those and uh, put it in and scored. And um, God, it was such an exciting game. My uh, oldest brother was at the game and he's like, I've never, never been to a better football game in my life. Um, and just, yeah, just to have that end off um, that season um, was definitely special for, for us as a group. In, in 2012, obviously, um, you guys won eight games. In 2013, you already referenced the North Carolina game. You were coming off a game against Virginia Tech where, uh, 
obviously you felt like you had left some things on the table and uh, there were a lot of doubters and naysayers and you went to Chapel Hill and did what you did, putting up 55 points and lighting up the Tar Heels. Uh, I think you pretty much, you know, I think uh, what ran for 250 and uh, threw for 250 or maybe even 300 on uh, each, each one of those uh, aspects. But um, in, in that day in Chapel Hill, you know, what are your memories of that one? Um, besides the obvious, just going up and down the field and, uh, like you said, um, putting up some historical numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, uh, yeah, we had lost Virginia Tech. The offense looked like t- just absolute trash that game. And we were hearing it from everywhere, man. I think we even had a bye week before that. So we had to really sit on that Virginia Tech game for a while and just kind of feel that, which – um, again, motivates you, right? You either you either run from it, run right into it, and it was kind of just like, man, we got to go show someone this. I remember school newspaper, all all the guys picked UNC to win. Um, I mean, it was it was just kind of like, dude, no one no one believes us, and that's fine. And we'll just you know we got to go do it. Uh, felt really good about our game plan, um, you know. And it wasn't easy in the beginning. I remember like second drive or something. I threw a pick, we got the ball back, and then like the next play. Probably called it kind of a shot play. And I was like, let's go do this and put it out. Got a big completion. Then we just kind of started getting rolling. Um, defense obviously played great. And then, like I mentioned earlier, like Coop running for all the yards he did um, was just amazing. And, uh, yeah, to have all that all the week before to come up and go do that at Chapel Hill. I haven't done there in 30-something years. I mean, yeah, it's huge, man. I mean, huge and, and definitely one of the games I will absolutely remember for, for a long time and uh, meant a lot to me to get that win. And, just seeing like just a little bit of purple in the stands. And I don't know, at one point we were sitting there on the sideline and the game was pretty much done. I just, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, I, you know, I used to watch USC and I remember, uh, I think it was Matt Liner directing the band after the game with the sword. And I just looked at one of my teammates and was like, man, I'm going to go direct the band at, at in this stadium at this game. Like we're going to do this. <laughs> so sure enough, we're walking off the bands right there. We walk into the tunnel. I'm like, let's <laughs> like tap the, guy I was like hey I gotta get up here yeah it was it was awesome man it was a great experience for sure yeah like you're saying I I remember back in the mid to late 90s Peyton Manning doing the same thing uh, after Tennessee would beat Alabama or whoever but uh, one of the excellent memories for Pirate fans from that day and I'm sure you'll remember the specific play this happened on but um, you talk about the Pirate fans right there in the corner of the stadium, and uh, you, you came over to them and uh, showed off the Pirate State of Mind tattoo. So, you know, tell us the backstory. Uh, you know, and um, you know when you decided to get that Pirate State of Mind tattoo. So, Damon Magazoo had it. Had that. Has that tattoo? Not had. He still has it, right? So he. So um, he has it, and like, like man, that thing is like sweet as a tattoo. Like, all right, I'm not. I gotta get it like somewhere and. You know, somewhere I could be like a touchdown celebration, uh, but I got to do it a little differently. And I, I want to say it was like, it might have been Jeremy Grove, my roommate, who was like, dude, you got to get the number and the eye patch. I was like, that'd be sweet. Did a little unique. Um, so we all, and it's a five. So everyone always joked, did you put your initial in there or number? Um, but yeah, so I got it done that summer. Um, I was all stoked to bring it out that season. And uh, I think it was, I think it was that summer I was here in, um, we were out training and the coaches were out that day watching us run and stuff. And like Riley saw it and I'm sitting there and it's like, nice new tattoo. I was like, Oh, thanks. He goes, see, so you think you're going to stick around for a little bit? I was like, yeah, I think I'll be here for a couple more years. Um, and then she, yeah, I mean that game, I think I had done it already in one of the games, but um, 
Rob, Rob Goldberg was sitting right there and uh, just somehow got just the perfect picture. I didn't even see him. I just remember going to our fans and like showing it to them. And I had no idea there was a camera just like right in front of my face, taking that picture. And then obviously that, that picture blew up. I get on the bus and uh, that picture is everywhere already. Uh, my name's trending. Like I was new to Twitter. I didn't even know what that meant at the, that time. Um, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, out of just blew everything blew up after that game. Yeah, that picture, like like you were saying, it was used on the a digital billboard in Greenville <laughs> yeah. after the 2014 game, as well as probably some other games uh, against the Tar Heels, where the Pirates were victorious. But uh, you know, progressing on to that 2014 game. You, what are your memories of, uh, or before we talk UNC, but the, the Virginia Tech game, um, coming off a hard loss down in Columbia to the Gamecocks, and then you go to Blacksburg, they're coming off a win at Ohio State, and then you uh, jump out to that three-touchdown lead in the first quarter? Yeah, um, kind of same deal. Like, you know, I, I thought we played pretty well at South Carolina. Uh, There's a couple throws, remember, um, that I felt I had missed. And just kind of like, man, we, we should have had it, you know. We should have won at an SEC school like that. It was right there for us. Uh, so definitely some frustration. Um, you know, I'm going to Virginia Tech. It was like man, looking at them on defense. What they'd done to us here before was a lot more like zone cover two. We'd seen a little bit of this like all-out zero blitz look. They did it against Ohio State that was really successful against them. And it was like, man, I don't, I don't think they're going to do that against us. You know, they had some good corners. But, we, you know, we always felt that our receiving core was better than anyone we'd face. Um, and sure enough, man, they come out and they're just blitzing the hell out of us playing man and just kind of was like, all right, let's go have our guys be better than your guys. And our guys were that day. Um, you know, unfortunately, we should have we should have got out to a way better lead and we, we let them let them back into it to tie it. Uh, but I, again, I think like to go through again, this group they had gone through, like the struggles we went through well, when we got back down to tie, when it was tied. We had a chance to go win that game. No one was nervous. It was just like, hey, you know, like, whatever. Like, we've moved this ball before. We've stalled out a little bit. Now let's go do this. And I remember making a check at the line the first play. And, like, when center turns around, he can't even hear me. So I just have to go to each ear and, like, tell the line what we're doing. We drive down and, like, force up and plays and go score. And, um, again, I think, you know, if you have a group that kind of just has everything going for them all the time, like, when you get into situations like that, it's hard to deal with adversity and our group has had dealt with it so much that it's like, man, we're, we're fine. We're good to go. We had a good group of leaders and went and scored and won, man. That was, that was, that atmosphere was definitely one of the more um, exciting and loud atmospheres uh, I ever played in. That definitely had to be all the more satisfying because of what had transpired in Greenville in 2013 with the way um, they had held us to what 10 points or thereabouts. And, uh, and the thing that I remember, or one of the things that I remember the most about that game at Virginia Tech in 2014 is the day that Cam Worthy had. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that dude's a freak. And uh, like I said, I was like, all right, if they're going to go one-on-one with Cam, like, we're good to go, you know. And obviously Hardy's who Hardy is, but, you know, everyone kind of forgets about these other guys. Um, Trayvon Brown came out and had a big game that game. Um, you know, we just, like I said, I we always felt like our group was better than everyone else's group. And um, they obviously felt that about their guys. And I think we proved who was the better group that day. Speaking of being the better group, uh, the very next week, um, the Tar Heels came to Greenville. And, uh, <laughs> they had a certain defensive back. I won't call him by name, but a certain defensive back was saying that the previous season was a fluke and that there was no doubt they were the better team. And, and uh, you guys proceeded to 
hang 70 on them. And um, that, was, that was in three and a half quarters, I might add. And um, got things started early with the, the post route to um, yeah. Trayvon Brown. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, a lot of disrespect to us that week. And, you know, um, again, I think we did a good job of, you know, after being Virginia Tech, they were ranked 17. And we could have came after that game and been reading the papers and hearing about everyone thought we were the greatest in the world. And we, like I said, we just, like, those coaches did a great job of just keeping us focused and reminding us of, you know, how big this game was coming up and reminding us of what was being said over there west of uh, ECU. Um, and just like, like always, we had something to prove. Um, and so, you know, they came in, we got it rolling. And again, but it wasn't easy. I mean, we were going into half pretty close. And then we had a late minute score came out like right at the half we scored. Um, then we got a pick six, I think right after half. And then we stopped and we go and scored. And after that, it was totally done. But that first half, because I remember looking back at that game and watching it one time, I was like, man, this thing was a lot closer that first half than I remember. Um, then, every, you know, everyone talks about, oh, 70 points, total blowout. I was like, man, that first half was close. Um, oh, yeah. But we, you know, we were, yeah, we were we were ready to roll. And, you know, like I said, a couple things. I mean, I threw a pick there at one point, but it was like, all right, you know, no one worried. No one was um, tight or, you know, um, getting nervous about anything. It just We kind of just kept doing our thing. Yeah, the Tar Heels can say what they want to, but uh, they undoubtedly really wanted that game. I, you probably recall they, they faked a field goal for a touchdown. And I mean, I understand that's part of the game, but uh, but you, you know where I'm going with that. And they, they, yeah, were, uh, they were breaking out other tricks, trick plays. They were doing, and they knew that we were probably going to score a lot of points and uh, they had to keep pace. Yeah, they had a uh, double pass, they had the fake field goal, you know, and so you always get this, oh, it's their Super Bowl, this or that to us. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, where are you guys at? You know, I mean, for if you're if you're a good team, every game matters to you. And, uh, you know, for us, it was, yeah, this one's turning into a Super Bowl for us because you guys keep saying all this stuff. Yeah. So if you want to build it up and make it more personal for us, you're doing a great job of that, you know. But, you know, none of us ever got out and spoke in front of the team and or, you know, put any kind of that stuff out. And I always I always felt that was really dumb when other teams did that, especially, um with the group we had and the way we took things that people said. <laughs> Before we talk about the here and now, Shane, uh, something else I wanted to bring up about that 2014 season, and that is um, obviously having the opportunity to to make that throw to Justin Hardy where he set the record, and then obviously it was broken a couple years later by, by Zay Jones. But uh, what are your memories of that two-lane game? Um, yeah, it was like we, we were kind of not thinking about the record. Obviously, we talked about the game and – um we like we had kind of thrown and all of a sudden it was like dude you're like one away and we had missed a couple big ones like we were trying to like get something going for that catch you know and it kind of like stalled the offense a couple drives and then like, he was like let's just okay let's just get this thing done I'm like all right cool so we get out there get him singled up call stop route obviously he beats this guy throw back shoulder he makes a catch and it was like all right <laughs> we're good let's get the banner down obviously he soaked in it was awesome um but it was funny, man. We were both the same way of like, obviously appreciating that moment, but it was more like, Hey, let's, you know, let's not let this stall out. Like I said, we were trying to get, trying to get a couple of shot plays earlier to try to get that one. Once we realized, I forget who told us it was even one catch away. And it was like, why, you know, first of all, why would you tell us that? Uh, <laughs> second of all, you know, like what were, we knew we were going to hit it, you know, um, we knew we were going to get it to him and um, no, it was awesome, man. And, to be as close as I was with Justin and our friendship and, you know, everything we had been through together and, you know, kind of from the, 
he was a walk on me. Like I already said earlier, like the you know last scholarship and this and that. Uh, it was awesome and just so cool to share that. And then I mean, for the guy, the next guy to break it for someone I threw passes to. I mean, um, that's that's a lot of footballs. It's a lot of catches um, and two two very good guys that deserve that. After East Carolina, you had the opportunity to play professionally. You had that free agent deal with the Bears. So talk about that experience and then you know, having the chance to play uh, across the pond and then uh, back here in arena ball. Yeah. Um, you know, just like I, I kind of joke with my players now, you know, I got to try out all the leagues. You know, I got to, I got to go see at the highest level. Um, and, you know, I'm truly fortunate for that experience, um, especially now that I'm coaching and, getting to see, um, you know, top, top athletes in the world, um, top, I suppose the coaches in the world, you know, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, it was definitely tough, man. Just, you know, you go from high school and you're the best guy and you get to college and, you know, you end up being one of the best guys and then you get there and then it's like you're cut. And then it was kind of like it, you know, there was no, well, you, you know, you get, you didn't get cut, you know, you're, you got a year to work it out or this or that. And I was like, no, you're, you're done. You got to go figure things out. Um, how to, had a uh, tryout down in Jacksonville. Uh, that kind of whole experience was um, more like disheartening to the process of like, man, I went down there through 12 passes and left. And I was never a guy who was going to, you know, get up there and be six, five and throw the ball, you know, 80 yards in the air and press a scout with a workout. I just, that's just never what I was. Um, you know, I, I didn't get the starting job in the arena the first week and then I got to play and then everything kind of changed from there. You know, I get the starting job at ECU, but I got to play and help the program and, and do what we did there. But, uh, you know, Germany was an, an amazing time. Um, I'd never been to Europe. And uh, as all athletes know, you know, we sacrifice a lot of time, um, a lot of trips, a lot of family time and a lot of experiences for our goal. And I had done that. And, uh, you know, for football to finally, you know, give me the opportunity to do something like this uh, was really cool. Um, still talk to those guys, still have some great friends um, from that whole experience. Uh, got back, was in Houston, trying to figure out my next move, and then got called from Montreal to go play in uh, uh, CFL. And, uh, you know, to experience that whole that whole thing and got to be a third string there and got a couple reps, almost scored a touchdown on a little uh, QB sneak, wasn't able to get in. And then, um, yeah, I was back. In the off season, uh, I thought I was going to go back up there and have a chance to play. Got cut, and then uh, yeah, Baltimore called me in arena. And uh, like I said, I, you know, that that's a whole different game. You got to get used to this, the the speed of it, the different defenses, and what you're doing. It's once you get it, it's you know, it's pretty simplified and understand it. But understanding the process of like how the offense works in arena is, is a lot different than the other leagues. Um, so there's definitely a learning curve um, in that. But you know, we got to go down there and. Play, play some fun games and throw for a ton of yards and realizing if you don't score one drive, like you're already behind. It's just how much scoring happens. Um, but a couple of injuries, a couple of back concussions at the very end of that. And, you know, just kind of looking right after that season what, what my plans were and decided that was that was kind of it for me. But, um, you know, I, I always laugh. Like my first and last throw at ECU were both interceptions. Um, but my last throw, when I, when I threw the pass, got hit, got knocked out. It was a touchdown. So, I like to say at least I retired with a touchdown and not an interception. A couple more things for you. I mean, present day, you know, you're living in Idaho, Haley, Idaho. Um, 
you're a head high school football coach. You're also in the real estate business. Uh, so just tell Pirate Nation what you're up to now. And I know you spent uh, what is at least one, maybe two seasons as a, as an OC prior to get the head job there at Wood River. Yeah, yeah, I was the OC, um, the AD. Um, you know, he's he was looking to get out of being the head coach, football coach, and so we had some good conversations and um, coached with him for a year. Got to learn a lot. And then, yeah, I've been coaching up here for four years now. Uh, we just got to the playoffs, which is the first time in six years for this program um, with my first group of freshmen. So that was a really special experience for us and um, great group that I'm definitely going to miss. We have our banquet here uh, next week. And as Coach Ruff said, it might be a little eyeball sweat saying bye to those guys. Um, and then, yeah, just working some real estate up here and, you know, getting to have football be a part of my life. It's not all my life. You know, I get to um, do some other stuff and, um, you know, I do enjoy real estate, you know, you're making, you, you kind of, you know, making deals and, um, it's a bit of a game situation too, right? You're kind of game planning for something then you got to, you know, take on your feet and counter and this and that. So I do enjoy it a lot, um, you know, and working with people and, and really understanding people. And I think that's what made me um, a good quarterback is understanding, uh, people and people's emotions, uh, cause that's definitely what you have to do as a coach and, uh, definitely as a quarterback. So just enjoying it and. Um, you know, I got I got married this past um, summer and had a bunch of the ECU guys up here and some of those guys. I don't think they understood what Idaho is all about, but <laughs> yeah, there's the picture. That's uh, they're up here, man. It's gorgeous up here. I was like, man, I try to tell you guys. Um, so it was an absolute great time getting getting those guys up. Uh, we missed a couple guys. Rough couldn't make it. Hardy couldn't make it. Breon couldn't make it. And a couple other guys couldn't make it. But, um, you know, it would have been fun to have them up here, but we'll get up here sometime. Hey, Shane, you're looking like Johnny Cash there. <laughs> yeah we uh you know we had to go full 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 look there you know we were talking about what we we're gonna wear and i wanted to you know separate a little bit from the rest of the groomsmen so i decided to go with the all black and uh no i thought it was a great look yeah and that had to be cool to uh you know get all your or, or you know a good number of those uh, college teammates and friends from east carolina up there and uh, talk about coach riley um because you, know, you Obviously, everything he did at Oklahoma and now moving on to USC, um, that certainly speaks to the relationship that you guys have that um, with his busy schedule that, you know, he he made it a point to be there. Yeah, no, it meant a lot. And, uh, you know, like, as we know, as coaches now and looking back at our relationships with those coaches, like they have a, they have a huge influence on us. And I think that's why, you know, we, we, we want to keep keep it alive and get into coaching and, and have that same influence um, that we had. And like I talked earlier, you know, we weren't the smoothest we didn't have the smoothest relationship when I first got there and it took us a while, but um, no, I definitely appreciate him and coach Ruff and, and trip and, and Donnie and all these guys who had these great influences on me and in college and continue to reach out and help um, as, you know, I kind of went out, went along and um, yeah, to have him there was great. Um, you know, the, the offense I call is, is very much based around what we did at ECU. Um, obviously every good coach, you got to change for your, your personnel, but um, yeah, to have those guys up here and um, just to get to share, you know, that whole weekend with with those guys and them seeing, you know, where I'm at now. And a couple of them have been up here in the winter, but none of them have been up here in the summer. So uh, that was definitely a big shock, uh, what Idaho is all about. And in the open, I talked about the success that the program's currently having, you know, going to back-to-back -back bowls for the first time since 2013 and 2014. Holt Naylor's really playing about as well as any quarterback in the country, having complete right at 80% over the last three games. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, some of your records are falling and, um, you know, it's tough to compare errors and so forth, but I know you take a lot of pride and all you want is to see the pirates 
be successful and to see what Holton and um, Coach Houston and staff are currently doing, I know that uh, means a lot. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, man, I mean, records are meant to be broken. Um, you know, the way he's handled himself and the situations he had to deal with, the adversity he's had to deal with, um, you know, it's, I think it's awesome. And I'm a big fan of Coach Houston. I can't wait to uh, finally meet him here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, yeah, it's been fun to see these guys get the success and get this thing rolling. And, you know, I'm, I'm around BYU country up here. So I texted someone the other day. I was like, you know, I was big time. We've won. I got to, you know, talk some smack up here for ECU beating them. Um, you know, and if BYU goes to beat, beat Boise State uh, this week, I'll get even more smack because I'll say, well, ECU just beat those guys. So, um, but, no, it's, it's been great to, to see ECU get back on that on that level um you know unfortunately last year about the whole COVID bowl game thing but obviously this year they'll get to play that extra game because you know like uh every other sport you get on these tournaments and get to go travel together and you know for football you really don't get that and uh you know when you look at these bowl games that's kind of what that whole experience is man getting to go travel with your guys you guys just be in a week somewhere else spending that time together so I'm looking forward to those guys they deserve it man because like I said they've had to deal with a lot of adversity and a lot of um, probably outside noise that wasn't very nice to hear for a long time. Um, so, you know, uh, we've been in those shoes. We've been in that. I've been in that. Well, I guess the locker room's different, but that locker room, right? And, and had to deal with that at some point. So, um, like I said, very happy for those guys and, and looking forward to them uh, playing these next few games. Yeah, it's awesome you're able to uh, come back for that Houston game, a game uh, that obviously means even more to you with you uh, being from there. So um, that and then seeing former players like yourself plugged into the program, retweeting uh, the, the field goal last week by Andrew Conrad, it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, I, I, I know I'm far away, but trust me, we're, I'm supporting, you know, everything I can do. And um, I'm really looking forward to get back. It's been a while. And last time I was there, you know, it wasn't it was a little a little weird, a little off, but uh, really looking forward to coming back and seeing these guys take it to Houston. Uh, I got to play Houston at ECU. We had we had a great game that day in 2012. Um, so looking for another successful day for ECU. And like I said, man, see the new facilities and just see where this program, you know, was at since the last time I was there and, and to where it's where it's going. You know, it's it's positive. It's good. Um, I'm really looking forward to continuing to support and uh, doing what I can for these guys. <laughs> No doubt, and uh, appreciate the time. Um, you know, continued success with what you're doing there in Idaho, both on the football field as the head coach of Wood River and also in the real estate business. Um, but appreciate the time today. Take care, and uh, we'll be talking to you down the road. Yep, sounds good. We'll be seeing you guys soon. Pirate Nation, you've been watching and listening to A Pirate's Life for me on the Sports Objective. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter at TheSportsOBJ, on Instagram and TikTok at The Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For former East Carolina quarterback Shane Carden, I'm Bubba Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to The Sports Objective. And as always, go Pirates. Watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Yeah, yeah, my heart is purple and gold.